Our scripture comes from Ephesians chapter 4 and page 1821 in the Bench Bibles is where we will start reading at verse 20 and read only through verse 25, which will be our text. Ephesians 4, beginning the reading at verse 20. You, however, did not come to know Christ that way, in sinful ways. Surely you heard of him and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. <clears throat> and then verse 25, our text. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor, for we are all members of one body. These the very words of God. About the beginning of this year, I came under strong conviction that I think was strong conviction of the Holy Spirit. And the conviction was that the Church of God should address the Word of God to the social sins and social issues of the time. Now, pastors find that matter of addressing the word of the Lord to the social sins and issues difficult for various reasons. I know I was one for 40 years till I retired. People will say, you're doing political preaching, or I disagree, I quit, and all kinds of stuff. And you can raise trouble in the church and lose members. Yet, in spite of the dearth of addressing the word of the Lord to social sins, I think it has to be done. Thinking particularly of addressing the word of the Lord to the second table of the law, just to mention a couple of things briefly here. The sixth commandment, you shall not murder. I find it appalling that our House of Representatives, apparently motivated by a majority wanting to approve abortions, wouldn't even pass a law that aborted babies that live after the abortions have to continue to live and may be murdered just because they've been aborted. I, that's terrible. And then the seventh commandment, you shall not commit adultery. Story in the paper just this week, 12-year-old girl in a state whose laws are compatible with what she wanted decided she was a boy, and the school counselor agreed. And so the law requires she be, medicine to be, be given medicine to become a boy, ha, 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 you know. Um, 
Her parents are grieving. They can't say a thing about it because of the law. The dad said in the article, what if she changes her mind when she's 18 years old and can never have children again? That's the world you live in, and the word of God is relevant to that world. Eighth commandment, you shall not steal. Article in the paper said, oh, every day this week had an article about theft. I'll get to that later, but... $18 billion lost to scams and schemes. That's what we're going to focus on, the lies that uh, result in those scams and schemes. But that's the burden on my heart, and I thought of asking the church where we attend, Redeemer United Reformed, if I could teach those lessons to their Sunday school later, but it's been so much on my heart. I'm going to address the matter this evening of the Ninth Commandment, which is behind our text, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. And we'll focus in particular on a New Testament expression of that ninth commandment. Go through the text with you. It's Ephesians 4.25. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor. Going through the text, word by word here. Therefore, conclusion from a very important scripture. I read the couple verses before. We'll just make minimal comments. You, Christian, are what the Bible calls a new creature or even a new creation in Christ Jesus. You're new. And as a new person, you have remnants and habits of the old nature and you've got to put them off and put on the real you, the new nature. That's the previous verses. Very important scripture. And as an application of that, we have in verse 25 the word, therefore. Because you're to put on the new nature, therefore. And then it says again, you must put off, continuing the metaphor. I'll tell you what I think of every time I read that, put off and put on. I grew up on the farm, which I doubt any of you did, or at least many of you. We'd work in the barn, and the barn, oh, some of you did. <laughs> the barn smells like cows. <laughs> the pig building smells like pigs. And when you spend a lot of time in the barn by cows, the clothes you're wearing, and the boots you're wearing in the barn smell like cows or cow manure. And then with the pigs, it's, you smell like pigs. And so we had a room outside of the main room of the house, bigger than today's entryways. And we would take off what we called our barn clothes, that kind of stunk, and put on good clothes to wear in the house so that the stink stayed outside and not inside. And that's the metaphor here. What the text is saying is Christian, you put off the stinking parts of that old nature of yours. That calls you to be active and put on the new nature. Looking again at the verse, each of you must put off. And then we come to that word. Oh, I should, I should say this. The, the, each of you must put off is addressed to Christians, but it's relevant to the whole world. Behind our text is that ninth commandment about you shall not bear false witness. And the ninth commandment is spoken to everybody. So here's what the text means. 
You Christians, especially you, put off that worldly stink. And everybody ought to do it even if they don't. Okay. Put off, and then that important word falsehood, and following it, the very important word truth. Falsehood. Let me mention a few kinds here just to sort of orient you, and then we're going to look at truth, and then I'm going to come back to falsehood. There are so many kinds of falsehood, but especially about three kinds of falsehood that are very much a part of the world we live in today. So looking at falsehood here, what are we to put off? Well, here's a couple quick statements to sort of give you the feel of what we're to put off. We, of course, are to put off false witness, ninth commandment. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. And if you deal with the ninth commandment, you can deal with what false witness is, whether it's all lies or not. I come down on the side of the ninth commandment says you should speak the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth to those who should hear the truth. You don't owe the truth to criminals. My first church had a dearly beloved saint in it. I look forward to seeing him in heaven. He was in the Netherlands, World War II, with the Dutch underground. And the Germans caught him. They imprisoned him. He was sentenced to die at sundown. The Dutch underground got him out of jail before sundown. But his crime was lying to the Germans about food, which was capital punishment at that particular time. I don't think he owed the Germans the truth about food, myself. But you can talk about those things, and it's sort of a between Christian discussion, uh, and I don't want to get into it tonight, but when you put off falsehood, the first thing you want to put off is false witness. Another thing you want to put off is falsehood in religion. False Bibles, false gods, false testimony about God, false Christ, false prophets and prophecy, false preachers, false teachers, false doctrines, and on and on. False relics. We were in a city in Italy once with good friends. And, uh, see, what was the name of that city? St. Mark's Bones are supposedly there. I can't think of it right now. Do you remember, Linda? Venice. Venice, Venice, right. Okay, and you can go in the big Catholic church there, and it's not a very smooth floor, and pay an extra quarter and see the box that supposedly holds the bones of St. Mark. And they tested those bones, apparently, in their first century bones, even. Uh, I don't know if it's a true relic, but I'll never forget our friends saying, I don't worship bones, I worship Christ. Well said, wasn't it? (laughs) And, uh, you know, there's more pieces of wood out there that are supposedly from the true cross, whatever the true cross is, in contrast to a false cross, than the cross was big. Uh, But there's so much falsehood. You want to avoid falsehood in first witness, second religion, third advertising. One of the most important books I read in the first year of ministry was by a Carl Reiter. I can sell you 
anything. <laughs> what Ryder was saying was, people are all emotion, and if I can hook into your emotion, you're going to buy. An example he gave was Tide detergent. It's a 50-year-old example. Only you old ones may remember it like old one like me, and maybe you don't. But the advertisement was Tide gets clothes whiter. Whiter than what? You're supposed to think whiter than other detergents and buy Tide. However, whiter is a deceitful statement because if sued, the advertiser can say, well, Tide gets clothes whiter than coal if you put coal in the water, see? And that's how advertisements work. They try to kind of hook you in. I talked about one this morning, GM cars. I love it, I love it, I love it. And you're supposed to love the hunk of metal. Um, a lot of falsehood takes place through advertisement. And that's probably enough said there. You get a feel for what falsehood is, and there's a lot of it out there. Let the buyer beware. Now, looking at the text again, it says each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor. What I'd like to do is impress you with the importance of being a truth teller with a couple statements here and then maybe a story or two. Here are the statements. Number one, learn truth. And there is only one source of absolute truth that tells the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth all the time. And that's the Bible. You've got to know your Bibles. It bothers me. In a way, you're hearing, I guess, some of my emotions this evening, but it bothers me that the average household in the United States has seven to nine hours a day to watch television, and people are so ignorant of the Word of God. This past week, in the news again, a former football quarterback received a $17 million quarterback to, uh, a contract to be a color commentator in football next year. Well, they only have 16 games in the season plus the playoffs. More than a million dollars a game, that's telling you something about what people value. Football, which came in on Sunday, and pushes aside God's people from giving attention to God on Sunday, inserts and usurps the place God should have on Sunday. Two weeks ago, we were in Escondido. My son Jim lives there, our fifth child. And at um, the Westminster West Cemetery there, uh, Robert Godfrey, a fine man, was being interviewed for a program on... Uh, the radio program that R.C. Sproul has with his Ligonier Ministries, the late R.C. Sproul. And Godfrey was asked, what do you think is the biggest threat to the church today? And he said, Sunday, taken away from the observance of Christian Sabbath. I wanted to say amen, but we who were listening in the audience weren't supposed to speak up. But football has done that. 
the money paid in a sport like that. What about this whole Super Bowl business? Millions of dollars a minute to advertise. That's where people's hearts are. I wish that their hearts were in the word of God and the truth of God. End of my little, I guess, emotional pulpit there. But we're talking about the word truth in the text. Put off falsehood and speak truthfully. Few statements. Number one is learn truth from the Bible. Oh, and you must know what truth is. Truth is fact that which corresponds to reality. Years ago, there was a television program called Dragnet, and the main character, Joe Friday, would investigate, investigate a crime, and uh, he'd speak to the relevant people and say, just the facts, ma'am. See, he was asking for truths, not for opinions. Uh, uh, truth is facts, corresponds to reality. Truth is not what they call a pragmatic view of truth that's so common out there. If it works, it's right. That's pragmatism. Uh, with the Nazis, killing Jews worked, but that didn't make it right. The American version is might makes right. Oh, no. God is always right, even if every other person on planet Earth is opposed to God. Okay? If majority opinion in the U.S. happens to be in favor of abortion or something, God is still right. Not might makes right or majority makes right. Truth is that which corresponds to the way God made things to be. And then there's this business of um, your truth, my truth, come on. If my truth is that God exists and yours is that he doesn't, it's plain contradiction and nonsense, and if I may say so, stupidity to say that both of those views are truth. So, truth then, you learn truth from the Bible. Truth is that which corresponds to facts. You want to speak the truth in your culture. Be careful to speak the truth. Oh, be careful, little tongue what you say, for the Father up above is looking down in love, so be careful, little tongue, what you say. Speak the truth, and speak the truth in love. That's what you want to be, a truth-teller, the right truth, God's truth. Speak it appropriately, and do it in love. That's what your world, full of falsehoods, needs from you, dear people. Be truth-tellers. And let me stay with that just a minute and tell you a story of a good friend. His mother became an alcoholic and died when he was young. This is a true story. She was married, divorced, and remarried, and he knew very little about her. Her immediate family and direct family would not talk about her. Years later, he interviewed the second husband who lived to be old, and the second husband told him the truth. Your mother was molested. She took to drinking. The drinking eventually got so bad it ended her life 
when you were a little boy. My friend needed to hear a truth teller. And I still can remember the emotion which he said to me, I found a truth teller. See? And I know what he meant. We need truth tellers. In my own family, we have it. My mother's grandpa died. She was never told he died, never taken to the funeral. She had to intuit it. They, they wanted kids to remember someone alive. She guessed he had heart trouble because he had trouble breathing in old age, but family wouldn't talk about it. Her grandma died. She wasn't told about it, taken to a funeral, nothing. Her mother died when she was two. Not taken to the funeral home, not taken to a funeral, nothing. She couldn't process it. It was the way people did it in those days, I guess, but the result in my life has been to say, when I admire my mother for the way she handled that kind of background, it was too common amongst the Dutch uh, in the 1920s, I admire what she did. She brought up seven children successfully and so on, but impressed upon me is the importance of being a truth teller. Speak the truth in love. These skeletons in the closet with families, you know, that aren't talked about. Speak the truth in love. And their culture needs you to speak the truth in love. Put off falsehoods from yourself. Speak against the falsehoods out there. And speak the truth in love. Now, we've gone through the text. And what I want to do is go back to about three kinds of falsehoods that are prevalent out there. I could mention 30, but I'll mention three. And in that context, your world needs you to be a truth teller, my dear friends. Here's the first one, gossip or slander. Gossip often becomes slander. Smear campaigns. Smear campaign is putting someone down, smearing their name, their reputation. The opposite of spoofing. Newspaper people know what smearing and spoofing are about. Spoofing is holding up, smearing is putting down. The kind of gossip in the media, get to the media in a minute, that is slander and smearing needs you to be truth tellers in that context. Years ago, I remember hearing a speech by a great industrialist maker of big moving machines. His name was R.G. Letourneau, an outstanding Christian businessman and manufacturer of earth-moving equipment. Ended up giving everything to God 100% after he got rich. And he says, we made a scraper known as the Model G. Somebody asked one of our salesmen one day what G stood for. He said, and the salesman was right on the trigger in saying this. He said, well, I'll tell you, I guess G stands for gossip because like gossip, this machine moves a lot of dirt and moves it fast. That kind of gossip and slander goes on. And folks, we need truth in that situation. Second here. Be a truth teller in the world in which you live where we have 
media point of view that is ignored or denied. All the media, liberal and conservative, have a point of view. You need to be discerning. The Bible says, be discerning. Wise serpents, humblest doves, be discerning of the point of view. And that one I'm not going to stay with long. I'm going to go on to third. Discern the fake news out there as much as you can. We need truth tellers amongst all of the fake news. That's our president's name for it. This past week, someone named James O'Keefe gave an interview. I think he's a conservative. He said the bottom line is that the media is broken. They push their own narrative, and Americans don't trust them. I'm not surprised by anything anymore, he said sadly. It's just a matter of what I can prove. But the big picture is that most of the bosses in the media are more concerned with their point of view than with the truth. And then he went on to cite something called the Covington Kids. Is that familiar to you? Some Catholics in Kentucky wearing MAGA hats, Make America Great Again, an Indian confronted and accosted them in a cruel way, and one boy smiled at the Indians, and the media picked it up as these Catholic boys who were marching in a pro a right to life uh, march were treating the Indian cruelly. And the liberal media spread that all over the nation. One of our candidates for president, uh, Mrs. Warren, made a big issue of it. And it all was a great big lie. And when the facts came out, nobody would apologize for the big lie. NBC was sued and they paid a little bit to the people involved, but that's the way our media works way too often. Here in Illinois, an actor named UC Smollett, I think it is, uh, you know, said he was attacked by whites and the police said, no, he wasn't. He paid a couple of people to attack him so he could tell a lie. But the media took the story and lambasted conservatives all over the place who were supposedly discriminatory and everything else. That's the world you live in, folks. And again, the main point, be a truth teller. In the world of gossip, the world which is, in which news is all from a point of view, and especially the fake news that there is out there. We need truth tellers. Our text is saying, God speak, uh, people, put off all that falsehood. Speak God's truth. The Bible's the source of truth. Speak it. And speak it in love. That's the call to you. Now, one more thing, one more kind of falsehood that's really relevant today that I'm going to bring up yet there's time and it looks like there is and that is um, the falsehood in scams and schemes and things like that I have in front of me an article here about 
a representative in the state of, let's see, what is that, where all the Mormons are out there, Utah, and his wife was accosted by a scammer who said that the IRS was after them and she should put money in an account to pay it off. But don't tell your husband or don't tell anyone. We gotta get this taken care of as quietly as possible. She put 165,000 of their money, all their saving, into one of those scams. And I'd, I'd almost want to say, why, why does the ministry even have to warn people about that kind of thing? They fall for it. I hope I don't. We have had two close people to us. One, a widow lady who fell for one of those. Other good friends who fell for one of those, told a grandson was being held captive, went so far as to go to the bank to want to take out a loan on their car. The scammers keep coming over and over and over again, see. And the news this week reported that the Internal Revenue Service said the most common scam out there, much of it coming from China and India, is the one that says the IRS is out to get you. That's the world in which you live. It's filled with falsehoods. The paper said $18 billion was lost by Americans to these scams and schemes. The most common way it happens, I guess, is bank transfers, but the criminals find all kinds of ways of doing it. That's probably enough said by way of applications and stories. I actually could give you more. It's in the press every day. But I want to impress upon you again the fact that you, Christian, are needed in your culture. In many ways you're needed, of course. But you are needed to do what our text calls you to do. Speak the truth and do so this way. Each of you must put off falsehood. Have nothing to do with it in self or others, even if it's rampant in your culture. Put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor. God's truth, speaking it, even if they don't want to hear it, and speaking it in love. That's the call of this evening's text. May you be truth tellers. Let's pray. Our God in heaven, thank you for the challenge of this text. And oh, this world in which we live, even the political sphere, which we didn't address at all so that it doesn't seem like a political speech. Slander, lies by one party and the, against the other and one candidate against others all the time. We value truth. Enable us by your spirit to be truth tellers. Amen.